Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today we have Kate Graham from The Heart's Frontier, and she's going to share with us her healing journey and some really great things about shamanism. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so exciting to share this. Um, I was really excited, actually. Uh, something in me really likes being unique, that there's not a lot of people who have talked about shamanism yet um, on your side of the, you know, of the podcast world. So I'm excited to bring it this way. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a modality I'm definitely passionate about and love and I've dabbled in it. I, I admire oh, you for mastering it because that is some soul master work. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yes, but it's something I appreciate very much. I've had some of my best, deepest breakthroughs with shamans. So um, that's what I found as well. It sort of reaches everyone on on like an ancient primal level um, that I think is almost like without words. And I think I've always loved spirituals, this thing that's like without words. You know, it's like we're all just trying to describe something that can't really quite be described in words. And yeah. shamanic journeys always feel like they bring something back without needing explanation. I think that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I love it. I, the shaman journey was one of the very first things I ever did. And when mm. I began experimenting with healing, um, mm. I had more, it was still the, on the healing alternative side, but more medical chiropractic, um, neuroemotional technique, kind of those structured modalities, not yes. that shamanism is not structured, but um, that's a, well, it's a looser, it's a looser a structure. More scientific <laughs> modalities, I would say, yes. on the scientific side. Yeah. But, um, and then I met a shaman and it was, it's been incredible. So yes. tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you become, how did you get here? <laughs> how did I get here? Well, you know what? It's very funny that you would say um, that you were also interested in science because that's actually where I, I think healing from. Um, and where I like to talk about healing now actually is the blend of spirit and science. Um, so I have a whole business where I do a lot more of that. And but I still find it it definitely comes into my main healing work here with the Heart's Frontier as well, um, because part of it's great, actually, part of what I was going to talk to you today about was exactly this, uh, which is that there are really beneficial parts of um, these shamanic journeys and of going under hypnosis, these other techniques that I practice as well, um, and doing intuitive work and tapping into our intuitive mind that connects us with our actually base like brainwave health, I think actually our nervous system health, because you need to be in a relaxed place in order to do a lot of this work. And so that's why it's such deep inner work and such hard work for shamans to go through this because you go through initiation. So I can definitely talk about that too. And some of my healing initiations. I was just talking this week, actually sharing that um, when I was young, we moved and it felt like a very big radical shift. And in that time, I had all these psychic dreams, but that a really deep shamanic initiation was actually when I had seizures um, as a young girl. So I had these seizures that they were absence and my brain would just, you know, flit off somewhere else, go somewhere else. And now I recognize it to be like the non-ordinary as going to some other realm uh, or some other place of understanding in my mind, 
but just coming back without the understanding, just coming back without any messages at all. And usually actually with a bit of disruption or confusion or um, at least some exhaustion, <laughs> you know, leaving this realm and uh, not coming back with anything actually is quite exhausting. So um, yeah, that's really a part of my um, healing journey with seizures uh, at this early age. And so it got me really curious about the nervous system because I thought, well, how, how am I broken already? I feel like I'm doing the right things in life. I'm listening to what people tell me. I was a very obedient kid and very devout, actually. I was really, uh, really quite religious. We'd um, been a, a Catholic school environment. And I kept it with me even after I had to transition to the public school system so I could be in this gifted class. I was like, you know, I really still want to hold true to my beliefs. And I felt something special when I would sing in church. And um, in this time that I had seizures, I was actually doing a lot of questioning and contemplating about what I felt about my religious beliefs. And I, I accept all ways that people understand and try to connect to the divine. I think there's no harm in trying to connect to the divine place in ourselves. And everyone agrees with that on a base level. <laughs> And so now I like to use nature as a healer and use my shamanic work, but I still like to revere. That's definitely a part of my history and a part of my background, because I will have some clients who um, have lots of different belief systems that they come in with. And yeah, it's all pointing to the same place. So for so me, it was... This is not a religion. This no. is just healing and connection. And Exactly. Exactly. And the nervous system, really, this tying it back to science was of such great fascination to me because... The more I explore spirit, the more science is on the same page and backing it up. And like, how exciting is this time when you're really deep into either of these subjects right now? There's, there's talk in the same way. They're exactly united and how beautiful it is. We've gotten to this awesome place in knowledge sharing where I feel like, you know, that we can get this intertwining and gain more understanding and maybe a bigger picture perspective because of that, right? We have two huge bodies of knowledge, the spirit world and the science world, now they can say more to each other, perhaps more and more and more will connect. That's very exciting to me to think about in the future and um, where I'd like to focus some part of my career. I'd love to do some more set studies and things like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, having somebody with training and some sort of journey in these modalities would be so beneficial to do scientific studies because the science yes. that is supporting all of this is it is fascinating and it yes. does and it is showing you that it is real it is science energy is science yeah i've got <laughs> a fun one for you okay. it lagged <laughs> i think we're good now yeah so i have a i have a fun one to share with you actually with um a scientific uh, study that was done on shamans um oh. so they took some people who have actually really traditional not every call to actually save their shamanic ways and uh, a lot of cultures all over the world even before they knew each other practice shamanism so um, they all have some similar techniques they kind of have some core elements all together so it's really 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 old stuff i'm talking about so they got some people who are a lot more connected to the old ancient lineages and did some study on them where they tested their brainwaves and they actually are in dreamlike state. And yet they have an experience of feeling conscious and in the subconscious. So we would say we're here and there, we're half here, we're half there. <laughs> and it feels like that when you're doing shamanic journeying, kind of feels like that when you're doing meditation or hypnosis, right? And a lot of people have this experience too when they're daydreaming or when they're dreaming that they can kind of feel like they're kind of walking one world and another. 
I think daydreaming and being in creative flow can feel like that too, right? Sort of like you're uh, in connection to something bigger. Um, and I would say even in a business context or in a more logical or scientific context, if you're like on the precipice of a really great idea, I think you, you still get that inspiration and that flow. And a lot of scientists and inventors have felt that kind of connection to divine and said, you know what, these ideas kind of come from outside of me at this point. <laughs> like I'm sort of the channel uh, because they've built their brain to really receive so much from the outside world. So these subconscious and receiving brainwave states feel like so key to our healing and so key to our being able to feel grounded and connect to the world around us. I'm just endlessly fascinated. I feel like my, um, you know, part of my upbringing to my mother had MS, uh, multiple sclerosis, which is a nervous system disorder. So just being around the need for nervous system healing, I think brought me to such fascination with energy. And then that's really where a lot of my healing work jumped off after getting a whole bunch of psychic dreams that this was actually... <laughs> The way that I was meant to go. So I've really had very informed by spirit and science, my healing journey so far. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Very I cool. always, always looking at studies, science, what have they found psychology? Um, and it does, it backs, you know, when you find those sci psychology studies that backs what you're doing, it just, yes. it's, it's like being acknowledged, you know, it just feels yes. like oh, I'm being acknowledged and yeah. And I would think it's a breath of, you know, relief to, for a lot of people um, to know that a lot of practices that have, uh, you know, been kept away from time are now becoming more important. And um, a lot of people can bring that into the light. I would think that spirit and science can kind of walk more publicly hand in hand together these days, because in not so recent past, it really wasn't that way. Um, so that feels very exciting to celebrate as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So before you get into the good stuff, I'm mm -hmm. going to pull a card for you. Oh, yay. And these are just the question cards. What concerns you most when it comes to your relationships? Hmm. This is a very, very deep question. A heavy hitter, but you know, I actually, I would say uh, the other large portion of my healing journey has absolutely been in love and relationships. For any astrology folks, I came into this world with a cancer south node. So my giving and sensitivity is on high and I'm in the <laughs> north node phase of focusing on my bag and my Capricorn money foundational energy. So I'm very excited to be like, <laughs> on that trajectory, but that's where we came from. So I think what concerns me most about relationships is actually this feeling of disconnect. I think a lot of people can understand, and I honestly think relates back to this topic, this whole reason of, of getting into healing. Um, I was recently sharing uh, some of my story. So it's actually, it's on my site. If anyone wants to um, watch through and listen to more of my life story, it's all about disconnection to greater connection is a lot of the themes I've noticed in my life. These seizures being a great example of disconnecting entirely from my consciousness. <laughs> Quite honestly, that's exactly what the experience is. You just rebooting and you know, you can't interact with anything going on. There's no like intake. It's just a refresh of your, your sort of body mind, I guess. And so this disconnection has always been a challenge because they would come in through stress. And so then I found later on in different periods of life, 
disconnect would be the way. And I would also say disconnect is my greatest wound when it would come to heart healing issues as well. I think in an energetic sense, this feeling of disconnection is very scary for the human spirit to feel as though you're leaving yourself. You know, when you experience a whole bunch of pain and suffering, no matter what's happened to you in your life, you feel a bit of separation from self and that wound and that mourning is very deep level. And it's like a very human experience, but very, very deep and, and, you know, uh, visceral. It's like the shamanic way. (laughs) It's this darker, this darker facing of the shadow that exists, this feeling of leaving ourselves and coming back fully to ourselves, even though it can be a joyful journey kind of has us doing this tether back and forth. So I think this concern that I would have in my relationships, which would show up through my life is this feeling of, are we going to connect at this deep place that I feel myself at, at times? And is that necessary for me? Is it necessary that everybody meet me in the same deep ocean depths and waters that my, my soul can stay at and, and my feelings can be at? Um, so a lot of actually my, my work so far in my career before now switching into, um, or I guess adding in, <laughs> talking to business owners and make, weaving in spirit with business. Um, A lot of my work has been with highly sensitive and emotional people because I think helping fellow intuitives understand that there's a a big capacity for feeling and therefore a high degree of sensitivity. Therefore, we have actually like really potent mechanisms already for receiving intuition and receiving brilliant ideas and actually lightening up. We have more capacity to get light because we can see more and sense more. Um, It's like this disconnect I think would be my greatest concern in relationships to feel like there's a um, uh, potentially, yeah, not meeting. I think it's just like a, a, maybe like a tragic, beautiful thing to carry at this point, um, if I'm entirely honest. And uh, I'll mention too, that I'm 30 years old. So I I trust that there's also lots for me to explore and lots more heartaches and and, uh, shifts and changes and um, releases too. Uh, I once had someone tell me that after 30, everything was going to become really easy for me. So I'm kind of hoping she's right. You know, that'd be, that'd be really well, nice. I'm 46 and I can tell you life got way better. Right? 33 was probably the best year of my life. And then it just got better and better and better. Amazing. I, you know yeah. what? I say that to myself all the time, Christy. I say, I think life is just getting better and better and better because no matter if it's true or not, I love that belief much better than thinking any other way about it. <laughs> Yes, that is a very true belief, I promise. Right? Yes. Yes. Especially when you're doing all this work on yourself. Like, how could it not? Yes. Yes. You're just absolutely. And I love how beautifully you articulated all of that about relationships. And one thing you said took me really deep like, does everybody need to meet me at the bottom of the ocean? Mm -hmm. I ask myself that on a daily basis. It tortures my soul when I think about it because. I'm with somebody that doesn't have the ability to go that deep. Yeah. That's not where they're at. And then I play with my head. Like, is it the wrong relationship? Is the right relationship? Maybe it's supposed to be this way. Maybe I'm supposed to, you know, you start playing every angle ever. And so I love what you said. So I would think that probably not because would there be growth if they were meeting you at the bottom of the ocean? Probably. To be honest, it's, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe for them, uh, and and maybe there's some sort of joy for you or or solace for you in knowing, hey, that's a beautiful place for me to exist. And I don't, in in a sense, we almost kind of need to feel a sense of like compassion for them, 
that you've gotten a lot of beautiful, it's this tragedy idea. I really think it's like, there's good, beautiful and tragic things down at that bottom of the ocean. And so that fullness is like for you to receive and be in. And it's, it's kind of unfair to be like, like they just are, when you think about their experience, like this is where I would take it. When you think about their experience, if they're floating closer to the surface of the waters and you know, we all come in, if we are a deep or a soulful person, uh, and you probably are if you're listening to this because you care about your own inner work and then you, you do have this type of, this is a very shared connection with people who, you know, um, who feel it. Uh, very rarely do I say that and someone has not had that experience of feeling. And the people who are swimming more close to the top are not even seeing that that's a question they should ask or not even seeing, right? And that feels like unfathomable, uh, unfathomable to us, right? It feels like very hard to believe. <laughs> Um, that you could just not see that you're you're missing something. But to them, all the depths that you've just gone under, it's like darkness. So it's like their vision is not actually seeing the bottom of the ocean floor. They're seeing it as a deep pit of despair and something that is not to be touched. So because we were brave enough to swim to the bottom and find some of this sunken treasure, right? We're like, guys, get the picture. <laughs> But it's kind of unfair because they're not actually seeing, they're not able to trust what they're missing from being at that down there kind of place. And so then it's our choice how to interact with that in a way that feels good to us. Yeah. So I it think you're right. It does take that special perspective. I know that I've heard things from him like, why would you go there? That's, it's like he sees it as something hard and why would you put that effort into life? Yes. Why would, it, why would it feel so, like why dig in when it's clearly a challenge? Why mm -hmm. look at suffering when it hurts, right? Yeah. I have gone through this in many a relationship that I, I almost, I feel a bit of heartache. I think similarly to what you know you can resonate with here that sometimes it's just like, Oh, I wish for them that they could actually experience this as well um, in this moment with me, because mm -hmm. the truth is they may very well have that. And for you, you could stay in each other's lives and it could be 20 years from now. And you could be like, oh my gosh, everything is awesome. Like, why did I even complain about that? Not being here 20 years ago. That was fine. Now we have it and it's here and it's beautiful. And you're just going to see, oh, it's beautiful. If someone meets you in that depth. And then if not, um, you really don't really want to start like a fight about it being kind of a contentious difference because uh, it's really more so a, a wounding that for them, right? right? So I just look subtly for ways to like support or allow them to see that dark waters aren't so scary. And when you can laugh with it, and I think probably this happens, you know, oh, why would you go there? Because you're probably talking about it with a bit of lightness. Is that true that you're normally talking about it? Like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. And like, oh, if it's like big and but you're kind of separate talking about it. It's like, why probably would you look though. at both? I probably talk yeah. about the heavy stuff and the other stuff. Um, yes. One, th I think when I feel, as you were describing that, um, the, the part he probably sees is the torturous part, but I see it as, as the part that makes everything make sense. Yes, it adds meaning, it adds color, you know, it adds dimension to your existence. It's like the sharks that got to be there at the bottom of the ocean floor in order for the sunken treasure to be that much more exciting. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we have so much like creativity and story and, and depth and like a lot of people who are sensitive are also like they're big with imagination. 
right? And it's because you can sense all of the different worlds and imagine like ideas and intuitions coming through and dreams and things. I really think it's it's such um, a cool thing too, to know that at this point, when our brain waves are doing that, our body's super relaxed. So sometimes people are also like in a nervous system way, kind of dysregulated by us having our own experience and being able to navigate or self-manage. And so sometimes when there's a bit of a difference in connections, and this can happen in relationships or friendships or with business colleagues too, even just if someone's going through a period of stress, their nervous system's kind of going to be a little more dysregulated, a little more off kilter. Can you hear these birds around here? I heard a little bit. Yeah. I've like got it. like squirrels and birds next, next to me. <laughs> Um, but something that I think is fascinating is that if you're in this difference of nervous system dysregulation, sometimes the person who is in their calm state can try to rise to agitate themselves. And it's sim simultaneously kind of what we do when we're in our ocean depths and then we're trying to bring a message up. We kind of have to be kind and deliver the message up as it's relatable to the upper level, because actually otherwise there's still disconnect and this sort of feeling of kind of growing apart. I actually, um, I was with someone for a while in my life and uh, we had a lot of tension and things between us. Later on, after a couple of years of not talking, um, he came back to me in, in a session actually in healing work uh, saying, you know, one of these things that was going on for me at the time was that I kind of knew that you were connecting to something and I felt mad that I couldn't connect to that. And I had no idea that was something lying under the surface. It only took two years for that turnaround to happen. I, I never thought I would even think that was actually the case. So I've learned also in my journey to very much have faith in people and that it feels better for me to have faith and love and understanding that people can always grow, that no one's ever fixed and that their skills can be developed because I've developed a whole bunch in my life, uh, you know, kind of at a rapid pace. So it's not fair of me sometimes to compare, I think. Just because I came in with more skills, right? I came in with higher sensitivity. I had I had the superpowers on my side. <laughs> I love that. I, I have a vulnerable question, but genuine curiosity. Um, your seizures that you had, do you yeah. still have them? No, and I actually, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So do you still have them? And then also, um, what have you, did you do something that helps you not have them if you don't have them? And how mm. you answer yeah, absolutely. So um, yes and no. So I had um, seizures only in my preteen years. So I have not had any since and they were never convulsive seizures. They were absence seizures. So you would really, they're called petit mal, not grand mal, which is where there are convulsions. And with petit mal, you really would sort of just um, gap out. Maybe my eyelids might flutter or I might sort of repeat a movement or something like that, but it's just, I'm off. <laughs> I'm offline <laughs> in that time. Um, and it was really, it was brought on by stress. They would do stress tests and make sure that, you know, I was having a certain frequency of seizures or they were at least being stopped by medication uh, or not. And I took medication for it, of course. I think there's a very much an answer for that. And it is beyond medication or there are some natural tools. I, I know medication is not the answer for everyone who has seizures. I would never say that. Uh, but for me, definitely it was useful and beneficial. I was grateful that um, a seizure medication worked. And by the time I reached high school, I didn't have any seizures anymore. Um, and I think it's um, fascinating to me at the time, because I was young, right? It was um, grade five to kind of grade eight. 
Um, and so a very, you know, very vulnerable time um, in general. What was very hard for me, I was getting bullied a lot at school and, and um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of my classmates, a lot of the boys had crushes on me and it was causing actually a lot of social problems because I would make friends with a boy and then um, I would, you know, it would be hurting him to be friends with me. Um, but for me, I wasn't awake to any of that. I really just wanted friendship. And uh, it was a very confusing and hard place for my heart at that time. Um, I think a lot of people can share similar experiences of those years being challenging. Uh, for me, very much about this idea of connection. And then I chose, you know, to disconnect this, these relationships and wounds were very painful, but I had to show up to school every day. And so how interesting is it that my mind would choose to separate and how fascinating I was going through all of this spiritual reflection because some of my classmates were also bullying me because they thought I was a too goody two shoes because they thought I was religious and that was the reason. So they started teasing me about my religious beliefs and I began really critically thinking about it. I was very, very active in trying to deal with it. And I think all of that overthinking probably didn't help the seizures <laughs> when I think about it now. Um, and that at the same time, it was such a beautiful uh, protection mechanism for me at the time to have to separate. And in one sense, it was keeping me safe. Um, and I needed to learn some of this. Uh, and I think also it instigated sort of ignited a passion for me in understanding how I work and taking care of my brain, taking care of my health in that way. And so there's a lot of beautiful pieces of it that kind of, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, that wasn't fun, but I also am okay. And I maybe wouldn't trade that one because it, it was, was a bit of initiation for me. So I wouldn't say I did anything in that time. I think what I've really actively conquered is going through serious mental health challenges and disconnect showing up in that way and wanting to disconnect entirely from myself and these spirit realms and the emotional, um, you know, I think challenges or turmoil that came with. So while I find the seizures a really important part of my healing journey, um, I had these psychic dreams about becoming a healing practitioner and owning a retreat center and doing some of these trainings in Scotland and all of these different um, visions that have come to me in some of the darkest times. And so this disconnect feeling was actually trying to bring me closer to some other, I think, aligned self. And in one way, we can kind of just be grateful for those times, though they were maybe challenging, they're useful. And I wouldn't say I did anything for the seizures, but later on, in order to retrieve myself, I think I used some of those techniques of being okay leaving and accepting the fact that my brain was leaving. I had already worked on that when I was young. So it was a little easier for me to accept when I would go and maybe detach, depersonalize. They call it derealization sometimes when you feel like your reality is not real around you or you feel like you're not the reality and you know whatever version that was changing in my mind, it's so spiritual now when I look at all these symptoms, right? It's very, very funny, uh, very, uh, very emotion-based uh, spiritual healing for me, I think throughout my twenties. That's been the most fun. That's why I help empaths as the main thing, the empath energetics program, because it's just all the work I've done, you know, and loving sharing how much of it there is to do. And um, yeah, I think when you have a brain, like a sensitive mind does that really yearns to understand, um, it's better to entertain all of the options of healing avenues in front of you. And sometimes in order to do that, you do need to go through things. And so I've been pretty grateful about all the 
challenges that have come my way now because it really feels like an important cog. Although I'm still thinking 30 and onward, we could have less challenges and that would be a-okay, right? The learning has been integrated. I can understand both sides of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But retrieving, I think so. Um, I've had people come to me um, who have been on um, psychedelic journeys and trips and things. And I, I personally have not. So I find it fascinating that they come to me um, because they're just, you know, drawn for whatever reason to share their story. And a really large number, uh, to be honest, uh, will come to me with this feeling. And I think part of it is because I've learned through this medical journey and through my mental health journey and through never having done any of those escaping um, type substances, which I think are useful escapes sometimes and often People can get a lot of medicine. A lot of them are, you know, the plants anyways, or funguses, they're medicines for people and have been for years. I think sometimes uh, when people will engage with it, they won't integrate and won't bring it down into their body. And I think sometimes these people are drawn to seeing me after they have these experiences so that they can actually make sense of it and bring it into the real world. Because I would say that's some sort of disconnect that happens a lot too. People can get into their spiritual work they can get into some of these trance-like states and then not bring themselves back into this reality. It's something that shamanism and shamanic work has really taught me so far, um, which is that when you're leaving, you got to come back, you know, with the seizures, you got to come back with a message. You know, you can't just go there and say, well, that was the coolest thing ever. No one will see me there because that was a one-time thing. And it's really challenging for us to make sense of that and bring it back to the real world, have people expect to understand it. Um, you know, so it's important for us to integrate all of the journeys and visions and kind of non-ordinary uh, realities that we get exposed to and make sure that we actually bring them back into a real reality, a lived reality by taking action and being actually very practical. So the science and the logic has a total place in working with me. All my clients find that I give a lot of homework. <laughs> <laughs> so how do tell me a little bit about how people work with you how does that work in yeah yeah so um I'm actually shifting in now to a really exciting phase where I get to be helping business owners again more fully um, I've been doing virtual assistant work on the side and focusing on the empath energetics program and now this, this is my fourth round of empath energetics that I've run I'm very proud of the work that has gone into it I'm going to bring it back next year, but building it has been so fun that I also really want to teach spirit and business together. For years, I actually owned a social media marketing and writing uh, business, and I did a lot of business strategy and have done so since. And throughout the pandemic, I worked as a virtual assistant, learning all the things I need to know. And so I'm a total geek about this. Like all throughout high school, I was in every business club, every business class that you could do. I really thought I was just going to be an entrepreneur instead of whatever it is that I'm doing now, of course. Um, but I love weaving these two together. So right now I've been launching the Align Your Business and Align Your Marketing kind of on the back end. So maybe by the time this is posted or people start to look me up, then you'll see um, that that's coming out. And executive energetics is how I work with people in a one-on-one -on -one way. What I really want is to go really deep with people because I've found opening a business to be a spiritual journey that has required me to access lots of levels of intuition, lots of decision-making from a very deep place. Searching for fulfillment in my career has a lot to do with searching for spiritual fulfillment. And so owning a business is that. 
And so what I'd like to do is actually help people with the practical matters, business healing and one-to-one services, as I still do with clients. And then I'd also like to weave in some of these deeper shamanic journeys and deep belief transformation sessions, which are these rapid transformational hypnotherapy sessions that I do which are super cool, you know, trance-like states and shamanism is the same as hypnosis, is the same as dreaming. So um, I love uh, helping business owners with integrating their whole spirit and whole self into what they're doing. I think they need to live side by side. And so this executive energetics program answers that. And for anyone who's not able to do that executive energetics program, all this align your business, align your marketing. I just ran this heal your funnel uh, concept, which I was so excited about. It's the healing process mixed with the sales funnel and customer journey. And it totally matches with the chakras as well. So that's on my site as a replay. I'm going to do one about video soon. Um, So I'm just really honestly geeking out about business and executive energetics and trance-like states, hypnosis, shamanic journeying, and I'm moving to Scotland next year. These are all the ways to get engaged with me or follow my journey. So nomad named Kate, because I am nomadic, currently doing this podcast from my van ambulance (laughs) that is converted uh, with a little fire going here in the wood stove. Uh, And yeah, I just really love actually connecting with people. So even if none of those things are your jam, um, there's usually something I post that resonates with someone. So I love just staying connected. Um, nomading can be a little bit isolating at times. So I love the online world and you'll find I'm pretty friendly there. And I've got an upcoming talk in November. So you can catch me on Blue Talks once they publish that. It'll be a published video um, all about genius, intuition and enlightenment. I'll try and cram it into 30 minutes. So you'll have to wish me luck. <laughs> You can do it. You can do it. Uh, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it was a well, pleasure was talking to you. Yes. Yeah, I have a bazillion more questions for you. Um, I love that. Yes, we. I could have went a lot of different directions with this, but I think this is good. Um, leave people with some good information and we'll do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love that. Yes, I think um, there's many jumping off points here. And so if anyone wants to chat to us about any of them or let us know too, um, I'd be happy to know what people want us to expand on. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can put that down below in the episode and um, we will see you on the next one. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Christy.